Welcome to Biblical Tapestry. Biblical Tapestry is a podcast where we explore how the Bible is its own commentary and how the gospel is thoroughly woven from Genesis to Revelation. In this fifth episode in the book of Daniel, we see how God's gifts to Daniel are being set up to accomplish the impossible from a human perspective. Nebuchadnezzar was a, had had a disturbing dream, but refused to tell the normal advisors what it was and expects them to interpret it. We left off in verse 3, but for context again, we'll pick up in verse 1 of chapter 2. Daniel chapter 2 through verse 16. In the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams that troubled him and sleep deserted him. So the king gave orders to summon the magicians, mediums, sorcerers, and Chaldeans to tell the king his dreams. When they came and stood before the king, he said to them, I have had a dream, and I am anxious to understand it. The Chaldeans spoke to the king. Aramaic begins here. May the king live forever. Tell your servants the dream, and we will give the interpretation. The king replied to the Chaldeans, My word is final. If you don't tell me the dream in its interpretation, you will be torn limb from limb, and your houses will be made a garbage dump. But if you make the dream and its interpretation known to me, you'll receive gifts, a reward, and great honor from me. So make the dream and its interpretation known to me. They answered a second time, May the king tell the dream to his servants, and we will make known the interpretation. And the king replied, I know for certain you are trying to gain some time, because you see that my word is final. If you don't tell me the dream, there is one decree for you, You have conspired to tell me something false or fraudulent until the situation changes. So tell me the dream and I will know you can give me its interpretation. The Chaldeans answered the king, No one on earth can make known what the king requests. Consequently, no king, however great and powerful, has ever asked anything like this of any magician, medium, or Chaldean. What the king is asking is so difficult that no one can make it known to him except the gods whose dwelling is not with mortals. Because of this, the king became violently angry and gave orders to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. The decree was issued that the wise men were to be executed, and they searched for Daniel and his friends to execute them. Then Daniel responded with tact and discretion to Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, who had gone out to execute the wise men of Babylon. He asked Arioch, the king's officer, Why is the decree from the king so harsh? Then Arioch explained the situation to Daniel. So Daniel went and asked the king to give him some time so that he could give the king the interpretation. All right, back to verse 4. The Chaldeans spoke to the king. Aramaic begins here. May the king live forever. Tell your servants the dream, and we will give the interpretation. So after the king summons all his advisors, the magicians, the mediums, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans, all the most knowledgeable and probably the most tenured or senior officials, they seem to be very keen on interpreting the king's dream to demonstrate to the king how intelligent and in tune with the spirit, the spirit world they were. Notice the insert that the Aramaic begins here. As we discussed at the introduction, Daniel is written in both Hebrew and Aramaic in the middle of the book. The point here is not that the wise men Chaldeans 
replied to the king in the Aramaic language, or that this language was uniquely the language of the Chaldeans, Aramaic was used as a lingua franca during this period. Lingua franca means any of the various languages used as common or commercial tongues among peoples of diverse speech. Today, English is used as a lingua franca, franca among most people in business, at least globally. In this case, Aramaic's origins and usage were not restricted to the Babylonians. It was simply a language of commerce and a common understanding between diverse groups. In chapter 8, and for the remainder of the book, the language returns back to Hebrew. Various views have been advanced to account for this change of language, most of which are unconvincing. Most likely the change in language is a reflection of stages in the transmission history of the book of Daniel, at least that part as found in the New English Translation translation notes. It is not clear because the advisors may have been as Daniel from completely different areas and backgrounds that Aramaic may have been the common language among them. It would not have been unusual that the advisors address the king in the nations, the Babylonian nations language of Akkadian. They came to the king with customary Babylonian greeting. May the king live forever. These guys were confident. They were skilled in interpreting dreams from long-held traditions and had scrolls and clay cylinders to help them interpret dream symbols. They needed one thing. They needed to know the nature of the dream so all the rules and understandings could be applied. It's certainly not a reliable interpretation if they had to know the dream, but for most people it would have been just fine. However, starting in verse 5, the king replied to the Chaldeans, My word is final. If you don't tell me the dream and its interpretation, you'll be torn limb from limb and your houses will be made a garbage dump. So the king adds a, a bit of a twist to this interpretation. He wants to know the dream and its interpretation. He is stating a command, being the king's final word. I don't think the king had forgotten what the dream was beings as he was held up from sleeping because of it. It was his sleep that was disturbed. It was a troubling dream so, to him, so he would have remembered why it was so troubling. If they cannot tell the dream and interpret it, interpret, the penal, interpret it to him, the penalty for these wise men was very, very severe. Dismembering was a common thing to do to enemies and widely practiced at the time. And I, this is maybe crude, but they came by hacking or being pulled apart limb from limb. Enemies of the king would have their houses destroyed, and literally the meaning for garbage dump would be a latrine. Stephen Miller writes that Herodotus related a similar instance in which Darius I, about 100 years later, massacred his wise men with the results that the group was almost annihilated. Verse 6 says, But if you make the dream and its interpretation known to me, you'll receive gifts, a reward, and a great honor from me. So make the dream and its interpretation known to me. Well, there you go. It's either an option to die or have gifts, a reward, and great honor from the king. It could be a promotion or an opportunity to marry one of the king's daughters, perhaps. 
Verse 7 says, But the answer a second time, May the king tell the dream to his servants, and we will make known the interpretation. Now we're beginning to see a little angst and desperation. They now went from uh, being overly confident to the point where they're pleading with the king to make known the dream to them so they can interpret it. The king was thinking now that if they knew what the dream was, then they would offer some kind of interpretation that may not be correct. However, if they also knew the dream, then the accuracy of the interpretation wouldn't be suspected. Verse 8 says, The king replied, I know for certain you are trying to gain some time because you see that my word is final. If you don't tell me the dream, there is one decree for you. You have conspired to tell me something false or fraudulent until the situation changes. So tell me the dream and I will know you can give me its interpretation. So it appeared to the king, and rightly so, that the wise men were now only stalling for time. They wanted to see if the king could give them any hint about the dream so that they could offer something for him and not suffer the penalty. The king repeats the penalty because of his decree he has just pronounced. And again, he tells them the king's word is final. The penalty was imposed because if they could not tell the dream, then all interpretations would be fraudulent. Just to eliminate the threat against their lives, they would just come up with something hoping that the king would just change his mind. So why would the king be so willing to wipe out his entire group of wise men? He saw that the wisdom and abilities that these folks had was quite limited and certainly could not be in touch with the gods that they had claimed. The dream made the king fearful of his own life. Perhaps the dream revealed that someone close to him may be plotting against him. The dream was making the king somewhat paranoid. The wise men were now trapped. Now what are they going to do? Verse 10. The Chaldeans answered the king, No one on earth can make known what the king requests. Consequently, no king, however great and powerful, has ever asked anything like this of any magician, medium, or Chaldean. What the king is asking is so difficult that no one can make it known to him except the gods whose dwelling is not with mortals. <laughs> so now in desperation, these wise men confess the inability they had and confirms what the king has suspected. No one on earth can answer the king's request. Well, that was partially correct. To try to protect themselves, the wise men explained that no king had ever asked that of his advisors before. In other words, the king was being unreasonable. They go on in verse 11 that what the king was asking was only known to the gods who do not dwell with men. Now this was a striking admission that whoever would know the dream would be in touch with the gods and that were admitting that they were not. The Babylonians were famous for their astrology, but that cannot help them now. Guess what? The same is still true. Only God possesses wisdom, power, and salvation, gifts that are granted to those who call in his name, says Stephen Miller. Verse 12 says, Because of this, the king became violently angry and gave orders to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. The decree was issued that the wise men were to be executed, and they searched for Daniel and his friends to execute them. The king immediately gives the order to execute all the wise men, which would also include Daniel and his friends. The appearance is that the wise men were being rounded up for execution. Perhaps the executions had not yet begun immediately. 
Verse 14 then says, Then Daniel responded with tact and discretion to Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, who had gone out to execute the wise men of Babylon. Now apparently Arioch was the appointed chief executioner carrying out the king's orders. The root word for, here for guard is tabah, which means to slay. Daniel responds to Arioch with tact and discretion as to protect himself and others. Tact is the word in Aramaic, tiim, meaning taste. So in good taste and wisdom, he responds back to Arioch. Verse 15, he asked Arioch, the king's officer, why is the decree from the king so harsh? Then Arioch explained the situation to Daniel. Daniel asked tactfully for an explanation from the executioner of why such harsh treatment for all of the wise men. Verse 16, so Daniel went and asked the king to give him some time so that he could give the king the interpretation. Why would the king defer to Daniel more time when he was unwilling to give all the other wise men time to answer the king's request? Well, we can assume that the king granted this time as Daniel would have explained that his God, Yahweh, can certainly answer the impossible request, but just needed time to pray for God to supply the answer. This again shows the king found something quite extraordinary in Daniel. Again, hope you enjoy this season two study in the book of Daniel. Next episode six, we will study how Daniel gets the revelation of his dream from God. God bless you, and we'll see you next episode.